Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I never record my episodes on the weekend, but for some reason I procrastinated this far beyond the normal stretch of the procrastination station. And somebody directly above me, I think happens to be drilling into my ceiling. So please forgive whatever noises you might hear throughout this podcast. My sincerest apologies. I'm about to stick a broom up into the ceiling to tell them to knock it off. Wait, you've got to be kidding me. Let's get this untwisted. What's up, everybody? What? Why did I say that? Like, I didn't know how to say hello. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Don't Get It Twisted. It is your friend, your foe, perhaps, hopefully not, Taylor Woods sitting here per usual in my closet on top of a pile of dirty laundry, sitting next to, you guessed it, more dirty laundry, but surrounded by clean clothes. So, a balance, okay? That's all we can strive for in this life. I also just had, I'm gonna guess, about four and a half, perhaps five or six donuts. Keith and I just went to go grab donuts from one of like the best local donutteries, donut shops, whatever you wanna call it. And I can't ever just pick one. Like who can go to a donut store and just pick out one donut? First of all, I don't know what I'm in the mood for. I feel very panicked because there's probably a huge line of people behind me. Everybody just wants to get in and get out of the store so they can take their face mask off faster. And I'm terrible when it comes to decision-making, especially when it comes to my food. So you put me in a donut shop, I'm confused, I'm flustered, I pick out six because I can't just choose one. So therefore I have to taste test all of them. I eat most of them and I'm on a little bit of a sugar high right now, which is, you know, the best place to be on a Saturday morning, on a sugar high. But not only does that just make me, you know, a little bit full, a little bit hyper off of the donut goodness, but I'm also recording the podcast, one, because it needs to get done, but also two, because I have now become a professional staller and not just stalling in any sense of the word, but truly more so in regards specifically to exercise and not just any exercise, but running. You guessed it. Now, <laughs> to provide a very short synopsis as to not bore the living heck out of all of you, I started running about, mm, I'm gonna say three weeks ago or so, and pretty much ever since, I have not been able to shut up about it. I've talked about it in it least, I'm going to say three to four YouTube videos. I'm pretty sure I've shared it all over my Instagram. If you're listening to the podcast, I know that you probably either follow me on one of those platforms. So you're probably very tired of hearing me talk about me running. But one of my favorite things to do when I run is listen to podcasts. So it felt very you know, rude of me, truly, to not even mention this on the platform. Because what if you're running to my podcast as we speak? Which, if you are, that's the coolest thing ever. Hello, keep it up, keep moving. <laughs> but yes, to make a very um, exaggerated and, and overtold story short, I have this goal to become a runner, and I think I was just kind of getting really tired of telling myself, Ugh, I hate running or I despise running because I was always that person. Like, you know, there are some people in your life and they are 
the runner of the group. Like they might be your good friend or you might know them in passing because they're on the cross country team and you just, you don't really get it. You don't understand what they love so much about putting themselves in, in pain almost. Like what is it that is enjoyable about running? It's sort of this secret that they all know that we haven't been told yet. Like the rest of the world doesn't understand why they choose to be in pain. But I feel like I was just tired of not knowing the secret. Like what is so fascinating about being a runner and how do I become one? So I figured it would be better for me to just try rather than to live the rest of my life just telling myself I never gave it a fair enough shot. Because here's the thing, nobody just loves to run if you're not a runner to begin with. Like I always think back to PE, for example, when we had to run the mile and you had to run the mile to prove that you were, I don't know, quote unquote, physically fit. But the thing is, is that you can be very physically fit without needing to run a mile. But if you're not conditioned to do so, then you probably aren't going to succeed at running a mile to begin with. So the thought of running a mile when you are in middle school in front of all of your friends or maybe your crush or your teacher or having to go to class after you just were so sweaty in the middle of the field in sunny Southern California, 75 degrees, is disgusting. So I feel like from a young age, I was almost conditioned to not like running because it was never something I sought out. Like I was a soccer player growing up. Then I was a cheerleader. Like, yes, I was in really great physical condition because I was conditioned to play those sports, but I was never conditioned to be a runner. So whenever I had to run even a short distance, I would be like, well, this is sort of terrible. Why would I make myself do this? But clearly, I don't know, people like it for a reason. And I just, I don't know, I want to find out what that reason is. I'm tired of just being the one left out. Like my FOMO is acting up. I need to become a runner so I can get a runner's high and I can finally understand what everybody raves about. And it's been, you know, slow and steady wins the race so far. I, <laughs> I'm i trying to be very methodical and very strategic when it comes to my running plan because I don't want to burn myself out. I don't want to hate my runs so much that I never want to go on a second run. Truly, I'm trying to just run as long as I can at a very slow pace and practice my breathing technique, practice consistency and also just trying to run as far as I can without stopping. So as of today, I still haven't gone on my run. I still don't want to go on my run. I feel this pressure to always run farther on the weekends because that's also apparently a thing in the runner community, like running further distances on the weekend, probably because you have more time and flexibility to do so. But let's be honest here, I really don't have a professional job right now. Like I could do that any day of the week. So why choose my perfectly good Saturday? Why ruin my perfectly good Saturday? But yeah, I just think it's so funny that, you know, I've made so many different videos thus far in the time that I've had my YouTube channel. And a lot of them have been centered around fitness, different fitness challenges, different fitness videos. And I've never posted a video that had such a passionate response as the video I just posted about running. And I think that's probably because it's either something that people love or they absolutely hate. And the people that love it, they die for it. They breathe it. They consume it every single day of their life. It is all they eat, drink, and think about. And then there's the whole other side of the spectrum, which is the people that could not stand to think about running for any extended period of time. And I just think it's so hilarious because who knew something like that could be so divisive 
and cause such a passionate response from you all. But keep it coming. I kind of love it. All these things, fabulous runner tips. Keep them coming. Keep them up. And leave a comment on the podcast reviews or on this video if you're watching on YouTube uh, of some more tips if you have them. Also, give this podcast a five-star review. I always hear other podcasters say that, like rate their podcast, follow their podcast, but I never tell you all to do that. So, I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe we should start doing it. So go give this podcast five-star review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. I'm a terrible podcaster. Let's just put it bluntly, but go give it a five-star review. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. And I just made a Twisty Pod Instagram account. Finally, finally. I never thought there was kind of a need for one, but then I sort of realized you know what? There is a fun community here and I would like to have an Instagram account for Twisty Pod. So the Twisty Pod Instagram account is at Twisty Pod. You guessed it. So go follow me on there and I'll make sure and do lots of fun updates on there, kind of recaps of the episode. Any news announcements or anything like that will be announced on that Instagram account as well. So very important for any future episodes. And you won't want to miss it because I do have some exciting things coming up, baby. But let's just talk for a second. Hot takes. Okay. Now I posted on my Instagram stories, both the twisty pod and Taylor Woods just a few days ago, asking you all to give me some of your hot takes. And, you know, I guess sometimes I forget that phrases are not as commonly used in in layman speak as they might be on the internet. And I sort of thought, you know, maybe everybody understands what a hot take is. So I just sort of put up this Instagram story. I put up a little question box. I said, you know what? Send me in those hot takes of yours, okay? Send me in the things that you think are a little bit crazy, but maybe other people might not agree with. And I get a message from my sister almost instantaneously. She responds to the Instagram story and she says, now, what's a hot take? And I said, sorry, I forgot you're old. And I was like, you know what? That's actually pretty funny. I'm going to screenshot this and then put that also on my Instagram story because, you know, us young folk might have a little laugh at that. But (laughs) what I failed to recognize was that actually many of you didn't know what a hot take was. And (laughs) I couldn't tell you how many messages I got that also said, wait a second here, Miss Taylor, okay? Get your head out of your butt. I also don't know what a hot take is, okay? Jeez Louise. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. So um, my apologies there. Truly, that was my internet brain speaking, and I sincerely apologize. Essentially, what I want to take you through is a series of, well, hot takes, which may more commonly be known as unpopular opinions. These are things that, you know, are often hotly debated. A lot of times, let's say everybody in the world loves this one thing, but you are what feels like the only person in the world who does not love that one thing. And sometimes it's important to talk about it. You know, sometimes it's important to just 
delve out the fun, the fun pop culture in our lives, the fun pop culture in our lives, because honestly, that is one of my biggest guilty pleasures. I love pop culture. I invest too much of my time and energy into learning about pop culture, staying invested and up to date on all things that is influencer or celebrity news. Like it's just fascinating. I think maybe because it's a world I've just never experienced before. And it's just sort of a lot more fun and more enjoyable to digest than let's say like the highly debated and polarizing news cycle that is just always so darn negative. Sometimes I think just focusing on pop culture makes me feel a little bit happier. So maybe that's why I like it so much. But I'm going to pull up your hot takes. I want to hear what you all think are some of your most unpopular opinions. And I'm going to give you my opinion as well, which I feel like is a humongous rarity. Okay. I, <laughs> I've mentioned this multiple times, of course, but I am an Enneagram nine. And not only do Enneagram nines have a humongous problem making decisions, but also we are very interested in listening to all sides of the story. And oftentimes because we're such people pleasers, the nine is actually coined the peacemaker because you just always want peace. You know, you avoid conflict at all costs. Because of this, it's actually very hard for Enneagram nines to form their own opinion because they're so likely to want to hear both sides of the story out and you can see the good in both angles. So this will be interesting, not only because I don't have much of it. So this will be interesting because not only is it hard for me to really dissect truly what is my opinion and not just me listening to the influences of those around me, but also because I don't often like to share hot topics on the internet because I'm afraid of conflict. <laughs> so let's do this. Unpopular opinion number one. I don't like Christmas movies. No, wait, hang on before I get started. <laughs> to clarify, these are not my opinions. I'm reading your submissions from my Instagram. So definitely need to clarify that as I read this first one, which is quote unquote, I do not like Christmas movies. Now, <laughs> I saw this one right after I posted the story and I am not shitting you. I could not close my mouth. I was shocked. I think, you know, I can understand where you're coming from. I get that maybe every single year you get tired of watching Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you know, saves a day on Christmas Eve because you know exactly how the story is going to end. If you really think about it, there are very few movies that we consistently rewatch on a yearly basis. Even some of my favorite movies of all time, I rarely would watch more than once a year, if that. So I do get that people might get tired of watching Christmas movies. I'm not sure I understand how you might not like them. Unless, of course, you know, you do not celebrate Christmas, in which case I completely understand. But there's just something beyond magical about Christmas in general. Like, I am so beyond excited for this Christmas in particular because I feel like I am putting so many of my eggs in the Christmas basket because of how shitty 2020 is. I want Christmas season, the entire Christmas holiday, to just save 2020 altogether like absolutely no pressure but that's just sort of my mindset right now and I feel like even last year I didn't get to express to you all how much Christmas means to me how extraordinarily important it is to me like 
as a human being, as a part of my life, like Christmas is everything. Hopefully we'll have some Christmas content coming for you all very soon. But when it comes to the Christmas movies, I rely on those as my bits of happiness throughout the year. Like I look forward to the days when I can watch Christmas movies all day long in my Christmas pajamas with, you know, like the Yule log on in the background. Like I need the Christmas movies to get me through January through November, you know? I, I mean, I get that they're cheesy. I do get that side of it, but I feel like that's half the fun. And you sort of just go into it knowing that it's going to be maybe a little bit bad, but it's going to bring you into a better mood. And you're probably going to be a happier person after watching the movie. The more I talk about this one, um, the more I don't want to rationalize your unpopular opinion. <laughs> I just love Christmas movies so much and I am not going to change my stance on that. Um, Christmas is superior. Christmas is the best. It, it, uh, I just cannot say enough good things about Christmas. I'm sorry. I don't agree with your unpopular opinion. Wow, that was, that was really hard for me, but I will not not put my foot down for Christmas. However, I am not above that in any way. I am obsessed with avocados, but I do think the obsession with something as simple as avocado toast and then charging $12 for it is out of this world extraordinarily awful. Like it's just beyond despicable, makes absolutely no sense. But I use avocados probably every single day of my life. Also, am I saying that weird? Avocados, avocados. Is there, is there a third way? Avocados, uh, avocado? No, whatever. I just, I love avocados. I don't think they belong in the trash whatsoever. I think they're absolutely scrumdiddlyumptious. I think some people, particularly maybe millennials or Gen Zs, think that they are produced by the gods, which maybe they are, um, but absolutely not in the trash can. Come on. This one says, it's not fair that men's pants have exact measurements and women's don't. Is that a thing? That actually is a fairly good point. I know, for example, Keith's pants are always measured by his waistband, times the length of his pants. Whereas for women's, not only can it sometimes just be, you know, size zero, size one, three, five, whatever, which absolutely makes no sense. Sometimes you can also go with even numbers like two, four, six, eight, but that's different from a two, four, six, eight on a dress. But I do have some pants that are actually measured by my waistband, but it is very, very rare that I find pants that are measured by their length as well. And that is also so darn annoying, especially for me as a short girl. I have a very hard time finding pants that actually fit my legs. I think I can re recount on one hand, maybe one finger, how many pairs of jeans I've ever owned that actually fit my legs. Uh, cuff it till you make it. But yeah, I do find that very infuriating. I would say all across the board measurements on all clothing is pretty messed up. First of all, what even is a small what even is a medium that makes no sense and why am I a small in something else and a triple XL in another? You know what I mean? Like nothing is ever consistent. Every designer has the, their own sizing metrics. It needs to be the same thing across the board, international. Okay, this one's not much of a hot take, but more of an opinion. What are my thoughts on OnlyFans? So OnlyFans, I think, is extraordinarily cool. Here's the thing. There's always going to be a demand for that sort of content, that market. And if you as a content creator are making your own content, then you have every right to be able to own your content. It's just like YouTube, for example, you know, like if I'm making my own content, I want full rights to it. I want exclusive ownership. And I also want to be able to know that 
it is my content and I'm the one that is profiting off of it. Somebody that's actually very interesting to hear speak on this topic is Mia Khalifa. I listened to her interview with Philip DeFranco on his podcast, which is called A Conversation With, I believe. And she shares her experience about how she was in the porn industry for, I think, only a few months. And not only did she have a horrible experience with it, but she has no rights to any of those videos. So if she wants them taken down or if she wants them to go away, it is nearly impossible because she has no rights. She has no ownership to any of it. So if that's a career that you want to have and if that's a way that you want to make income, absolutely you should be doing something like OnlyFans. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I think it's the coolest thing ever, and I think it's very empowering, and it's the way that it should be. Next up, Halloween is overrated. Um, 400% agree. I love the spirit of Halloween. I love holidays in general. I'm just a holiday person, a holiday celebrator. I love the spooky season. I love fall. I love, you know, the vibes of Halloween and whatnot. But the actual day itself to me is equivalent to New Year's Eve and the 4th of July, which is to say that all of those holidays always have the biggest hype around them that you're supposed to have the best day, the best night ever. And then it always just falls short for me. I always end up having kind of a mediocre time, which is not bad whatsoever, but you put these high expectations on those holidays and always, always it falls short. So I just stopped putting expectation on having a good time for all three of those things. I would also add in like Memorial Day weekend or Labor Day weekend. Like it's just never that much fun for me. Maybe I'm just not living the best life. Who knows? But the same goes for Halloween. However, I do love Halloween. I love having a fun time getting dressed up. I love hanging out with friends and like putting on costumes and whatnot. That's just a lot more of my personality. I think that's really fun, but I don't think it's the best holiday of the year. By far, in my opinion, that would be Christmas Day. This is a hot take that says workouts that advertise as good for beginners and athletes, but are almost never good for beginners. Like, for example, a certain fitness blogger says, oh, you're a beginner. How do you feel about climbing 600 stairs with no stop? That's actually a very good point and something that I think is almost very absent in the fitness industry. I think that somehow there's almost become like a weird stigma that if you're not up to a par at a, a certain experience level, then doing X program is not good for you. There's definitely a lot of influencers who have modifications in their videos. But from my experience, it sort of seems like the modifications are more injury based than beginner level based, which is a little bit frustrating. But I think there's like this weird line between an influencer wanting to push you because they want to better you but then also them forgetting that there are so many different levels of expertise and more people are probably beginners than not. I would say there aren't enough fitness influencers who make beginner programs. I think that's definitely something that needs to be highlighted. And I would even argue that there's probably a huge demand in the market for it. So definitely something that needs to be better tapped into and yeah, it's it's a pretty bad discrepancy. This one's good. Emily in Paris is overrated. The only good thing were the male actors and clothes. Emily in Paris. Well, 
I think I watched either all of it or most of it in a single sitting. And it's actually very, very bingeable. I think there's less than 10 episodes. I think they're just about 30 minutes long. So it's not even an hour long commitment. It's very, very easy to get through. It's one of those like weird guilty pleasures. Like so much about it was so cheesy and so cringeworthy. I would even say like particularly the social media aspect was just oh like it was just crazy and it to me in my opinion felt very evident that they didn't have anybody on staff that had a strong like social media background i would say for season two like they absolutely need one because it just felt very apparent that they didn't really know what they were doing like it felt so hard like they were trying to dive into a market that they didn't know what they were doing i don't know but I love Lily Collins, so I had really high expectations, and I thought it was going to be really, really cute. But um, my favorite part was Gabriel. I made it. He's the chef. I made a whole TikTok on him. I thought he was the most attractive person in the room. He was so darn interesting, and his accent was adorable. So whenever he wasn't in a scene, I was sad. Like, where was Gabriel? I need more Gabriel. But I just think so much about it was very unrealistic, obviously. And I heard somebody else say, which I totally resonate with, was if this would have come out almost pre-quarantine, it probably would have done a lot better and it probably would have had an even more positive response. But because we're kind of living in this world where we're almost very bitter, even seeing people out and about traveling and whatnot is not only a little bit concerning, but also we're almost like envious of it at this point. So seeing this girl get this dream job, move to Paris, have all of these boys flock over her. She's just wearing, you know, a new designer bag with a new designer coat in every single scene, even though it doesn't seem like she's making much money and lives in like a rabbit hole. It just doesn't seem that interesting anymore because like material items are just not important. And I feel like that's what 2020 has taught us above anything else. I don't know. It just feels very out of touch. It feels almost a little bit insensitive in some ways, but I think like the theme of the show is really cute. Like the idea behind it is kind of fun. And, and that's the thing is that, yeah, it's kind of a bad show and it's really cheesily written, but something about it was just off. Like almost as if Lily Collins is too much of a movie actress to be good in this quote unquote, like damsel in distress kind of clumsy girl act. Like it just didn't fit right. I loved the clothes, but like that's, self-explanatory obviously like of course we're going to love chanel designer bags but something about it was just so try hard like it just felt so unnatural and maybe if they just stop taking themselves too seriously season two will be really good but right now i'm just i don't know but i'm also in that weird mood where i did not absolutely love it but i also can't wait for season two does that even make sense not at all i think if you're going to watch it if you haven't yet you have to just go into it with an open mindset even if you're going to be judgmental about it even if you want to critique you know every little fallacy that's fine but you're not going to enjoy it if you do it like that like just go into it like you would any other tv show don't put too much expectation on it and just like it for what it is you know it's it's cute but it's definitely not the best thing in the world by far this is a good one supplements don't do the work you do honestly i don't have a huge background in supplements the only supplements i've ever really taken are protein and here and there a little bit of pre-workout but i've never taken like creatine or anything like a little bit more extreme never bcaa's even here's the thing they obviously do something productive they're obviously helpful in some way but are they absolutely needed no like not in the slightest are they going to help you maybe reach your goals a, perhaps a teeny bit faster 
probably, but in some ways, I also just think it's a total placebo. Like if I take pre-workout and I tell myself, oh my gosh, I just took pre-workout. I also had a coffee. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling amped. Maybe I'm just having a better workout because I'm telling myself that I took pre-workout. So therefore I'm going to have a better workout. Obviously there's more energy in me, but really like, is it that correlated to better results in the long run? Probably not. Like this hot take says, you still have to do the hard work. Like you still have to put in the time. You still have to go to the gym. You have to have the motivation. You have to still lift the weights. You still have to go on the run. Like the supplements are going to do the work for you. And don't even get me started on like the disgusting industry that is like skinny teas and whatnot. No, don't waste your time. That's not even a hot take. That is a fact. Like that's no. Here's another one kind of along the same lines. Cleanses are pointless. Enjoy the foods you love and fuel your body. That is one thing I have literally never understood. I don't get the point of a cleanse. I don't understand why they would be needed. Like our body has a natural cleansing organ. Like we know how to do it on our own. I think juice cleanses are all just sort of a scam or even just like going on any detox even doesn't really make sense to me. I can understand like, you know, trying to get yourself off of added sugar or something like that's a totally different story. But when it comes to like, I don't know, cleansing your body. No, drink some water, do your normal thing and your body will cleanse itself. Ending on a little bit of a spicy note. What is your view on famous people sharing their political opinions? I don't really have a problem with it. I'm not going to tell people how to use their platforms. I think if you have a platform and you have an important message that you think needs to be shared, then by all means, use your platform for good rather than evil, you know, like if you're going to profit off of your platform selling skinny teas, for example, then you also kind of have a little bit of an obligation to use your platform for good things as well. That's just, that seems to make sense to me in my brain. But I also think it can be quite dangerous if celebrities would share something and they don't have the full information, if they're not fully knowledgeable themselves, they happen to spread, maybe not intentionally, false information. And then there's this whole group of impressionable audience members who see that content, believe it for what it is and don't take the additional time to do their own research. And then that can be even more detrimental if you're spreading false information as a celebrity because of all of the people that will see whatever you post. So I think it is a very valuable position to be in because you have so many eyes on you, but you need to use that power in a good way. But I can't stress enough how important it is to be able to use that power for good. You know, I mean, it sounds so darn cheesy, but it's true. But really what is more important right now is to go use your voice. We are in an election year, baby, 2020, the general election is happening. And I think it's very important that you go out and vote. So if you haven't already, go fill out your ballot, send it into the mail, get it done, get whatever you got to do done. Love you all so much. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Enjoy whatever activity you're doing right now. If you're still on that run, keep it up. I am so proud of you. Love you all. I'll talk to you in the next one.